Hey folks, I just wanted to uh, put a little trigger warning ahead of this episode. You know, we talk about uh, depression and grief and feeling suicidal in this episode. And if that's something that's going to feed something negative in you, uh, take this opportunity to turn this off and say, meh, I'll jump back in next episode to the Hermit's Lamp podcast. Welcome to the Hermit's Land Podcast. I want to first start off by saying big thank you to all the wonderful people who are supporting the Patreon for this podcast. They are getting some awesome bonus stuff, like special recordings, sneak peeks of artwork and other projects that I'm working on, and they are helping grow this podcast. They are helping move towards the goal of providing transcriptions so that deaf people can take part in these conversations. And they are also helping support the work that I do, running down guests, getting people on the show, coordinating people in different time zones and on other sides of the planets. And finally, they're helping improve the production value of this podcast by allowing me to start considering acquiring better equipment and get away from some of the janky duct tape together process I've been doing for a long time. If you dig the podcast, jump over to patreon.com slash the hermit's lamp and pitch in. Every dollar helps. Welcome to another installment of the hermit's lamp podcast. I'm here with David Sosa and I know David through the internet. This is the first time we're actually hanging out and talking in person-ish. And I've been fascinated to uh, watch him talk about spirituality, to uh, watch his the roles in which music and singing play in his spirituality. And uh, you know, he's also uh, in the Orisha traditions that I practice. And so it's interesting to have somebody else who uh, you know, is initiated and, and works in those traditions. And you know, we, we've talked in various places about uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So, David, for, for the people who aren't already your adoring fans, uh, tell <laughs> us about yourself. Hi, I am David Sosa. I am a, a New, New York native of Puerto Rican descent. I am a Olorisha. I am crowned and initiated to Oshun, the Lukumi tradition. And um, I am a singer and songwriter. I have been... Gosh, I've been singing since I think I think my parents have footage of me singing since I was like one and a half. <laughs> Literally grabbing a microphone and 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 singing out no coherent words, but just singing anyway. Um, and in some ways, I'm very I'm very active online. I'm very active in the Facebook communities and online communities. Um, as I'm, you know, the typical work full-time hours and try to engage where you can <laughs> with people mm-hmm. without leaving your house right uh, <laughs> but um but yeah i um 
That's me pretty much in a nutshell. I mean, I'm a priest, um, various levels. I'm a musician, which kind of amounts to the same thing <laughs> a lot of times. And, um, and just an overall humorous guy. Definitely. We'll, we'll talk about the side eye later. Um, yeah. <laughs> so tell me, tell me, was there a time where you sort of remember a first experience of like connecting spirit and, and music? Was it always together or was there sort of a, a moment where something shifted for you? It, it was, I think it was always present, but I don't think I realized it. Uh-huh. I don't think I realized it and made a connection. I know this is going to sound really funny. I probably made a connection about it within the last three years. Okay. As long as I've been singing. Um, and I think just in the last three years I had, I had went through, um, I can't even say three years, but yeah, just about three or four years. Um, I went through a transition in which I thought I was going to stop singing. Mm. Um, I had sung with a group and the business aspects of, of music and, and what it's become has just became crazy. And I was really depressed about it. And my voice had changed and got much lower than I was used to. <laughs> and, you know, I kind of got into a funk and I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, whatever. And funny enough, I wound up meeting um, two um, friends of a friend who wound up opening a spiritual center and they had um, holding auditions and they asked me, hey, you know, we've heard you sing. We think you're great. And we would love if you auditioned for our choir. And I was like, eh, why not? I'll, that'll get my like singing out of my system without having to really perform and do anything anywhere. And it wasn't until like they were picking these songs these original songs that are based on like new thought and i realized that they were really teaching me spiritual principles that Mm. i probably all this time as being a spiritual person as much as i thought i was a spiritual person i never really correlated with myself and i realized that i had attached a level of fear to music and i think part of that was um, I was afraid to minister. Mm. I was afraid to really engage spirit in that in that type of of setting, and allow myself to to fully connect. And something switched in that period. And you know, it's it was one of those things where they really pushed me and and forced me to face my fear. And I started realizing that I was not just singing anymore. This wasn't about making pretty sounds and performing or whatever the case may be. This was really um, moving energy um, mm. by sound and really stirring something up in people. And I, you know, realize I'm like these moments where my eyes are closed and I feel that tingle from the back of my neck all the way down my arms. And I'm like, oh gosh, you know, and, and up the crown of my head. And I, and I realize that it's while I'm there and I'm doing what I do, it is definitely more than me that is, is, you know, is singing and or providing the sound and, and these words, because the words are very improv, it, it just comes. Mm-hmm. And to have that validated by people, you know, post a service to say, you know, you really helped me. And I carry I listen to your song all week, and it, it brought me through the week. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> so in those moments, um, what what's coming through? How is that coming through? Is that is that God singing through you? Is that spirit? Is it a, I mean, cause we have all these different words for it, right? 
Do you, yeah. do you have a sense? Um, it's definitely, I mean, I, I, I kind of put spirit and God in the same thing. I think God is very multifaceted. And I think as, as a creation of this higher energy, this higher intelligence, uh, which I believe that we are, um, we're connected to it. And so we tap into various parts of it. And whether that, whether you believe that that's ancestors or a spirit guide or whatever, I, I, I definitely know that there's no intention there to say any particular thing or there's no rehearsal to it. It is something that literally is spontaneous and organic and happens just in that moment. And yeah. it's, it, it's a weird thing because I never remember what I said or what I did. It's this, this, it's this lapse of consciousness that occurs. Like I, I'm conscious enough to know that I'm there and I'm doing something, but it's almost like a coming to. It's like an awakening that happens. And I realize, okay, I'm done. I can put the mic down and just go back to my spot. But, um, you know, to look out in the audience and see, you know, possible tears or to see, you know, that, that someone looking at you and, and, and you can tell that you've touched them in some way and that something happened. It's very odd. It's like, wow, like I didn't equate my musical abilities to anything spiritual mm. and I didn't realize how wrong I was <laughs> this whole time. It reminds me of um, what happens in Mises and stuff too, you know, or my experience yeah. of Mises, right. You know, all of a sudden, you know, I'm standing up and like, you know, vote, like from my point, I'm just vocalizing it's words, but I, you know, I'm not really directing that show that, you know, that's that energy, that spirit that's there to speak is like, you know, grabbing my tongue and saying, all right, I got lots to say to this person, you know, and that exactly it comes, it. right? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. And it's just in a musical form. It's mm -hmm. literally these words are coming out of nowhere that are speaking to people in the audience who need to hear that thing and need mm -hmm. to feel that thing. And the funny thing is, is that there's such a, a I don't know, a cathartic and this this feeling that comes over you afterwards, you're literally exhausted afterwards because you know you mm. gave something. This energy just, just came out of you, but you minister to yourself. And, and it's one of those spiritual principles that you realize that when you're taking care of you and you're, you know, whether you feel you're raising a vibration or you're, you're putting a, a different type of energy on and on your aura, it affects your environment. People around yeah. you are affected. Sure. And so that's what's amazing about it. I think I'm always humbled to know that I'm able to be used in that um, particular, you know, moment in times. I also think it's fascinating, um, uh, you know, at least in my experience, you know, maybe you'll tell me if it's the same for you. There's this, what I noticed, you know, everybody is always interested, you know, because I work as a card reader and because I'm sort of very public and stuff, people always come in like, what do you, what do you do to like make more money? What do you do to, you know, whatever. Right. And I'm like, and you know, and I mean, there's stuff sometimes, right? Like there's, we'll be honest, there are things, right. Yeah. Um, but like the best things that I can do is I can just go work the Orishas for like, not my Orishas, but like, help out at an initiation, help out with something somebody else needs. You know, like I, there's this uh, elderly woman who's, you know, she's, uh, she's not a priest, but she's got some Orishas and her, her priest you know, passed away and she's got uh -huh. nobody. And, you know, I, I, I try and go and visit her sometimes and talk to her a little bit. And, 
you know, and, and that, that ministering element that like, as you say, that sort of, you know, being in the, in the, in this Misa and the spiritual mass. And even if nothing comes through for me being there and letting that happen, those are some of the most powerful and corrective energies that ever roll through my life. And, yeah. you know, I know every time I go, you know, I travel and go and work a, an Orisha initiation, business comes, booms when I get back, you know, everything just explodes because, because that energy they're you know, they're, they're paying attention, right. And spirits noticing who's working it and who's engaged in it and who's, you know, present with it. So. And I think, I think that in itself says a whole lot. I think the principle of giving mm -hmm. and understanding that, you're giving from a place with no expectation, right? You're not doing anything because you, oh, I expect to get something back from this. And it's it's not just a, I mean, compensation is compensation, but we're talking about that when you're giving, you're allowing yourself, you're putting out an energy in which case just, and that's the laws of nature, right? What goes up must come down. Like whatever you're putting out has to come back to you in some way. Mm -hmm. So I feel like when I noticed in, in, in like I said, the last few years, you know, in giving money to homeless people and in buying someone breakfast who you know didn't expect it minor things like that mm -hmm. that it cut these things come i mean a check will come out of nowhere you'll look down and found ten dollars on the floor like things like that or, or random opportunities to make you know better money or to it, it's just amazing that the the art the, you know the spiritual practice of giving really does allow for one to receive mm -hmm. well it's very real yeah I think it, it, for me, it relates to what we're talking about with the with the music, especially the way in which you're doing music, where you're sort of receiving or passing part of it. But you know, music is one of those things. It's at its best when there's some part of control and there's some part of yielding to what's happening. You know, and it's that sort of duality of it where it really uh, flows and moves, right? And you know, Absolutely. for me, my movement with with spirits or spirits and and all of those things kind of follows a similar pattern you know we go back and forth you know i put them back on the beat if need be they put me back on the beat if need be you know whatever whichever way it goes right yeah i love that i love that about it i mean it, it's that and i think i think because of our spiritual practice between working misas and and receiving spirit in various ways right whether you're you know, whether you're a mounter or you're, you're a channeler in whatever way, shape or form, I think it's allowing that, that consciousness to open up and allow for this higher, you know, higher thing to, to work with you. Right. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's a, it's a really beautiful and powerful thing. And like I said, I, I feel like as much as you're ministering and helping other people, it definitely comes back to you. But I mean, so one of the things that I know about you from being on the Facebook land and, and places like that, though, is, you know, I mean, you minister, but you're also somebody who's out there um, pushing for people to be conscious, pushing for uh, justice and, and pushing for, you know, seeing what's really true about things, you know, uh -huh. has that always been a thing that you've you've been about or has that been something that's sort of come out over time as well um i kind of always been kind of a captain save a hoe I, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've always been ready to jump to the cause or something when i feel like people are being you know 
terrorized or bullied, um, myself included. I mean, I was I was always a fighter. So I think that part is is just present with me to be like, hey, this thing is happening. It's not right. And what are we going to do about it? Or what do we feel about it? And are we going to discuss this? Are we not going to? I hate pretending things don't exist. Mm-hmm. That will never work. It will never work. You know, and I think I think even part of that just, I mean, you know, being gay, I mean, the being in a closet in any way, shape, or form, we can't ignore it. This thing right. about not speaking about it and that it doesn't exist, that, that no, that's not gonna work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I tend hey, to be as hey, vulnerable here's as my, possible. Here's my roommate, right? You know, it's it's not what's going right. on. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. My friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's that's where I'm at. I, I try to really engage in conversation, even uncomfortable conversation. Like I'm not a it's not about choosing a side sometimes. Sometimes it's just about getting opposing views out. And you know, I think that's what Facebook I think was really for. I mean, just besides networking, it really allowed people from different parts of the world with different experiences to speak about something, to interact. And I try to kind of utilize that in, in some of my posts and you know, discussions and things. Mm-hmm. So have you, do you feel like people have changed their mind? I've, I watched some of the discussions you have, you know, uh, that you're, that you're a part of, right. And, you know, sometimes they're wonderful. Sometimes people are so locked into one side or another, you know, I'm just, I'm curious, I'm curious what change you see coming from that. Do you see change coming from that? Um, I know I do with me. I don't know what, I can't say what everyone takes away from something. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there's been moments where I've maybe have posted something and I've had someone hit me up and say, Hey, um, even though you didn't say this, um, you know, a lot of people on the page said it, and I think you should, you know, maybe be careful because this is kind of, uh, oppressive and or harmful in language and stuff that I wouldn't even have thought about. Mm. So it, it, it made me, you know, kind of get checked and I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Okay. And, and just open up more to being a little bit more conscious about what language is used. And if I have to check someone else in language they're using on something and, or even better defend, you know, in the future and say, Hey, I had this discussion before and this could be offensive or this could be, you know, just not cool. So Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had that if no one had said anything from some of the, some of the conversations that I've had. So I can't say what anyone else has taken away from it, but I know I have definitely taken away a lot of precious things from it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating to watch, you know, I mean, I, I end up in some of these conversations sometimes, although I find I have uh, far less space in my life to, uh, to be engaged in those conversations on Facebook. Um, you know, we all, we all have our different things, you know, but um yeah, I think it's fascinating to watch. I feel like we're in this time where people are thinking about things in a way that might allow for a lot of growth and change. It's also entirely possible that, you know, people are just going to be like, you know what, stuff that I'm getting on with something else and it could roll back as well, right? I think that there's this sort of precariousness to growth, right? And, you know, as a as a culture, as a, you know, as a group of people and so on. But I, I feel like there's so much more nuance and intelligence emerging around these conversations, Absolutely. you know, except when there's completely not. <laughs> except when there's completely not, but it, at the same time, it really helps you gauge, right? How many, cause you will see the completely nots amongst the, those that do. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, so 
there's more conscious people or or people trying to open up, you know, that consciousness versus the people that aren't. You know what I mean? It's a mm-hmm. lot more usual of the positive feedback than there is, even though the person can be really cray cray sometimes, you know, or the, or the few. But um, I think just having it out there, just saying it, it gauges where people are in their experience, in their growth, and it kind of just helps you navigate, um, you know, through life if you encounter that, right? If you can encounter it online in some way, someone else might say something like that in person. So you kind of might be a little bit more prepared for it than shocked for hearing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think I think it's all beneficial. And even like there's sometimes sometimes, depending on the conversation where people are, uh, you know, total disagreements with what I'm saying or just totally opposing view. And I'll still try to make a point to like their comment because I'm trying to validate that no one's a lot of times people aren't. It's not really a right or wrong thing. You know, Mm. it's just you you got your view right now. This is where you're at right now. This may change. Mm-hmm. I have plenty of times in my life where I was like, oh, no, this is how I feel about this thing and nothing's going to change my mind. And now I'm like, oh, no, no, that's not going to work for me anymore. Like that line of thinking is really not the same. And so, you know, it just it's just a good gauger for where people are at. And hopefully, like I said, they'll take something away from it and maybe revisit that conversation later and think a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, your uh, your your patience with it is uh, is tremendous. So. Keep at it. Keep at it. Or my, or my side eye pictures. Well, there's that. All right. So, so if you follow David online and, and you should definitely like hang out with David on Facebook because it's a lot of fun. There, there, there's what's referred to as David's side eye or the Okana side eye, which is just started the first time I saw it, it was just a selfie of David looking uh, deeply displeased sort of sideways off the screen at like with a look of disgust about whatever it was that had just been said. And then this has slowly over time uh, elevated to an art form as combinations of uh, David doing them, other people from other, you know, movies and culture doing them and stuff like that. Uh, Photoshopped images of David doing things like it's just, it's become a whole meme unto itself. So uh, that's the best explanation that I can give for it, but it is definitely worth checking out. So yeah, (laughs) it's perfect. (laughs) Perfect. So how did you, how did you come around to being involved with the Orishas then? How did that happen for you? Oh, that's a good one. Um, so I was raised a Jehovah's Witness, okay. which is pretty funny. And my parents, unbeknownst to me, um, had interaction with the religion to various degrees. Um, my grandparents on both sides being, you know, being from Puerto Rico had some, you know, some recognition of, of the faith. Um, and you know how Puerto Ricans are, they're, they're, they're on their own. They're very different than Cubans and how they approach Arisha and stuff, but sometimes they have like private altars and shrines at home and things of that nature. Um, I had a grandmother who lived in the Bronx, um, my father's mother, who was like a Misa queen. She was holding seances and Misas in her house at all times and had a big statue of Yemaya in her house. And, you know, kind of this whole interaction between Aperitimo and, you know, Santeria and Lukumi. And it's funny because I never knew this until I started getting involved um, and I, I actually met a friend of mine, um, at a hospital I was working at at the time. And 
she knew that I was living at the time. I was living at the time with my cousin who was Wiccan and I had just left, you know, being a Jehovah's Witness and I knew that that wasn't for me anymore. I'm like, whatever that judgmental God and or thing is, I can't do it anymore. So my cousin being a Wiccan was like, oh, you know, you should come do circle with me and, you know, we'll do this. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. And I still had a lot of fear from the Christian, you know, background. Like, I don't know about all that right over there. And uh, she eventually um, warmed me up into, you know, doing a few little rituals with her. And it was really a beautiful thing because it was the first time I think I was really aware of energy without being so scared. Um, as a child, I was kind of traumatized and haunted by spirits in the house. Wow. And I was told to, to ignore them and pray it away, which didn't really work. Uh huh. <laughs> and so I always had this fear of the supernatural, of anything I could feel but not really see. And that was the first time I think dealing with my cousin in that environment that I was being more open to energies and the unseen, but really what I felt. And so upon meeting my friend, she out of the blue was looking at me and she was like, have you ever heard of Santeria? And my first response was, oh, hell no, that's the devil. I'm, a, I'm a into no chickens and goats in the basement. That's exactly what I told her. I was like, I will never, uh-huh. and you know, really backward, you know, uh, again, Christian crazy rhetoric. And uh, <laughs> uh, she was like, no, it's not like that. You should come to my um, my mother's birthday. She has a, a, a birthday um, for when she got initiated to Yemaya, and you should come to it. And it's just a get together. And I was like, okay. She's, well, she got me by telling me there was going to be food there. So I was like, boop, uh-huh. Puerto Rican Boom. food from a, from a mother? I'm there. <laughs> and I walked into this house and I saw this beautiful, you know, then I guess shrine um, of Yemaya, this, you know, these soup terrines and this flowers and fruit and colors. Uh, I was just kind of mesmerized by the beauty of it all and this communal family get together around it mm. that I've never really, I think, experienced um, in the church or in the kingdom hall, I should say. And I just kind of was kind of floored by it, but I still didn't understand it. I didn't know what was going on. And they, her and her sister, the, so my, my friend's mother, her name is Carmen, um, at that point had Yemaya yeah, 32 years, and her sister, Martha, who had Ochun done maybe 38 years by then, had looked at me and both were like, you're such a child of Ochun. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, I was like, I don't understand uh, what that means. And they're like, you don't got to worry about it now, but they're like, you're just, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, so shortly after that, I was really battling some depression and I had pretty much planned on taking my life. I had, um, kind of talked to my friend and I said, you know, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I'm tired. I'm really, really tired and I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to leave. And I just want to, you know, it's, it was like, well, there's dramatic. And I was like, I wanted to thank you for the friendship and I love you. And, you know, whatever the case may be. And we had a little crying moment, a little lifetime moment. And just right afterwards, like with tissues in our hand, drying our snot and tears, the phone rings and it's her mother. And she's like, hi, Erika, what's going on? And I'm like, and my friend's like, oh, nothing. And so my, her mother asks again, okay, what's, what's going on with David? And she's like, what do you mean? She's like, 
something's going on with David. What's going on with him? So she kind of tells him, like, David's not doing too good right now. He's feeling really crazy, whatever. And the mom on the phone, she puts on speaker and says, David, you know, come to my house with some flowers, with a yellow candle, and a bottle of honey. And I'm like, what? And she's like, just come to my house. You're going to speak to your mother. And she pretty much just hung up after that. And I was like, uh-huh. since when do you know my mother? Like, I was like, How, you don't know my mother. Like, you don't, you don't know my mom. So I'm like, I'm so confused. But at the same time, I'm just like so emotionally like, ugh, that uh, whatever. So I said, you know what? I have nothing to lose. Let me go over there and speak to her. I like her mom, you know, whatever. So I bought the things I was told to bring, go over there, speak to her a little bit. And she's like, all right, come downstairs with me. So I'm like, okay. So she walks me downstairs to where she keeps all these soup tureens at this point. And I'm like, okay. She sits me down. She gives me this candle, real extra, right? Real extra old school Puerto Rican. She makes me laugh. She like takes the honey. She puts it on a plate. She rolls the, the candle in it and puts gold glitter on it and puts it in this, in this uh, back in the glass case. And then she puts the flowers there in front of me and she hands me a bell and she puts this white and gold soup tureen in my lap. She takes the lid and just lifts it up a little bit and just kind of like, you know, puts it off center so it's open, but not completely open. And she's like, I want you to ring this bell and I want you to talk. And I'm like, what? She's like, just let it out. She's like, imagine that you're a therapist. She's like, just go and talk and I'm going to go upstairs and leave you alone. I felt like the only fool sitting with a bell in my hand and a soup terrain. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do here? And, so and like, if you whatever. follow the Orisha tradition, sooner or later, that's you, right? You're like right. sitting there with, with the, the, the sopera, the whatever, and the bell, and you're just right. like bawling your eyes out. Right. Uh, so yeah. I'm like, what is this? I have to have a conversation with a soup terrain. So, so I start ringing the bell and I start just talking and – I just start letting it out and I just start bawling, ugly cries, booger snot, like all of that happens. And I'm feeling this sense of release from just letting this out. And then this crazy thing happens. I feel this crazy (laughs) sense of calm, Hmm. like the peace of all peace. And I literally feel as if arms wrapped around me and hugged me and it tripped me out. Like I wanted to be scared, but I couldn't, I didn't have it in me because whatever it was felt so loving. And so I can't even explain it. I, I, I if you only imagine it's whatever comfort you would feel in a mother's arms, mm-hmm. whatever that was, I felt it. And I knew, I knew that somebody was not physically there. Yeah. And I knew that I could not end my life. I knew that whatever that was, I needed to know what that was. I needed to know what made me feel like wanting to continue. Mm-hmm. And I sat there almost just trying to figure out what the hell just happened. And she came back down, real calm, child of Yemaya, you know how they are, and proceeds to read my whole life down and tell me about all the things that I'm not doing and going to do in the next few months and that I should be doing. And she kind of, you know, she took me by the hand and had me set up a bovada and had me get in touch with my spirit guides and and really start learning little by little about how, you know, her world of 
Santeria that she knew when she was growing up um, and from Puerto Rico to the Bronx. And, you know, she just took my hand and I got, I got my feet wet and really just more Misa heavy than anything, but I really got uh, enamored with mm. Yerisha. And here I am today. Oh, yeah. child of Oshun, like she said. Yeah, <laughs> Ringing bells. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, um, I think it's one of those things that's hard to understand until you experience it, you know? I remember, um, uh, so a while back, two of my brothers passed away uh, mm. within six weeks of each other. All right? And, um, thank you. And, uh, you know, after we'd waited the three months to kind of let them settle down, I sat down and got a reading from my elder to find out what needs to be done, right? I'm like, you know, they, 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 there's, there's a lot of tragedy. What do they need, right? And, um, <clears throat> you know, and as you would imagine, I was sinking in that, right? You know, like it just was so intense and to have them be so back to back and, you know, all these kinds of things, right? And uh, so my elder did the reading and uh, he, he was basically like, yeah, they don't need anything, but you do, dude. You're done grieving. He's like, that's it. When this reading closes, your grief is over. You got to gotta stop. You're not allowed to grieve anymore whatsoever. And on the one hand, there's like this sort of obvious piece of like, okay, I got to stop fixating on that, right? But, but the reality was it, was, it was like somebody reached inside of me and found the big pocket of stuff that was hankered down in my heart and my soul and literally just scooped it all out and be like, you don't need this anymore. You're done with it. It's gone. And that was it, you know? And I mean, I had moments afterwards, but it, it just was that energy and that presence of the Orishas where they, where they step in and not only like listen or provide some catharsis or whatever, but actually realign your entire emotional being into a new order is something that is really, you know, I, I could never have conceived of that before, despite having, you know, done 20 years of ceremonial magic and yoga and, you know, meditation, I, I had a huge depth of experience in all the things before I came to this. And I never could have conceived that something could be that direct and that effective at making a, a deep and lasting alteration in my consciousness. You know, exactly. that's exactly what it is. It's an alteration in consciousness. It's this, I don't know. It's, it's a presence. It's literally a presence. It, it's, it just, I don't, I, to this day, I, I only, I try to explain it and I'm, I'm, I'm always like, I can't even find the words to explain what happened. I, I know it saved me though. I know it saved me mm -hmm. in that moment. And I didn't feel it again until initiation. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that thing again until initiation. And I was like, Oh my God, that, that was this energy. This is Oshun. Yeah. This is what this is and what it is for me, mm. you know? And I, I always find it funny to talk to other um, Oloshas and see how they feel, you know, especially with, with children of Oshun to see, you know, how does she feel for you? Like, I always mm. wonder, like, everybody's different, right? Like, what is your experience with her? Like, when you feel her get close, like, what is the key things you feel? And I love to have those discussions because it, it, in a lot of ways, you know, Arisha just is, they manifest for people very differently. Even if there's similarities, they're like, there's just something there for you. Mm. It's a way they align with you. You know, yeah, for I, sure. I think it's a beautiful and amazing thing. Well, let's talk about Oshun. 
because I love Oshun. Merfurfun Oshun, right? Like, yeah. uh, she's been such a, a, a force in my life, you know? Um, but like, I mean, uh, Oshun, I think, is one of the most misunderstood of all of them, you know, like, yeah, eh, Shango, sure. He likes to dance. He likes to party, you know, like he's, a, he's macho. Sure. What, you know, like we get that, you know, <laughs> like different, you know, you, there, there's these different Orishas where what people say about them is kind of more in alignment, you know, I mean, with what I understand of them and have experienced of them. But with Oshun, I feel like there's this sort of so many misconceptions and so much, um, veneer of of other things on top of her that people put out there that i'm always curious to try and learn more about her because you know because she in some ways is the most mysterious of them all to me yeah so tell me about tell me about oshun what 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 is she what is she what is she not i think it's not so much what she's not i think i think it's she's always more Mm. She's always more than you'll think you see. I think that's a large part of this notion of the mirror and the reflection concept. I mean, you know, it, it's more than what you just see looking back at you. It's more than what you see at a surface level. Um, I think Oshun in her very nature, um, and depending on, on whether or not you listen to various uh, authors and how to describe the root of her name, um, one, of the, one of the things they... Um, um, had talked about with Shun with the with that um, word was source, mm. and it made me laugh because I'm like I kind of get that. It's always come back to source or come back to self, mm. and I think Shun is very much about that. It's not about selfishness, but it is about a centering of self, a self-centeredness in which you have to check back in and really have a conversation of accountability with self and boundaries with self and say, Hey, do I like what I see? Mm. Um, do I like where I'm at? And if not, what am I willing to do to change that? You know, instead of getting just caught up in the look of whatever that look is, be it figuratively or physically, it states it's, if you want to change and you want something more then what are you willing to do about it? And she will push you. She will push you, um, into figuring that out or constantly facing yourself, whether it's facing yourself through reflection of people in the company you keep mm-hmm. or, or certain situations that keep arising for you to get knocked on the head a little bit and be like, um, are you paying attention? Mm-hmm. You know, and, but it's always about you. So it's a very self-empowering Orisha. She really makes you center on self and realize that, hey, I have the power to change these things around me. I have the power to unite and attract certain things. And I think the attraction portion is always misconstrued with flirtation only. And I think, like I said, it's always more than that. Is she flirtation? Absolutely. Is she the sexual conception? Absolutely. Is she orgasm? Absolutely. But it's that desire and want to be a part of that interaction. It's the, you know, electrons and protons and yeah. it's it, from, it's everything that bonds. Yeah. It's one of those things you see it with. Um, I think that she shares it a bit with Shango's children sometimes too. They can be so Oshun's children and Oshun's presence can be so full of life 
that everybody just wants to be around that. You know, they're just like, yeah, you're just so inspired. I feel so good when I'm around you, you know, like, and, and yet, right. That, that can be really problematic too, especially for Oshun's children. You know, if they're not confident, if they're not, uh, you know, managing those relationships and being real and looking at that, you know, cause she'll also, you know, be like, yeah, you should be confident, but don't get cocky. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, she, and one thing about Ashun, I think it's funny and dangerous at the same time when you when you think about it. Ashun's a very giving Orisha. Mm. I feel like she gives and she gives and she gives. And sometimes she'll give you enough for you to be like, oh, I really act for this thing. Mm. And she's like being very clear about what you want to attract and what your, you know, your language, what you're saying you want, or what you're saying you don't want. And when you get that, don't complain. This is what you wanted. This is what you asked for. And now you have it. And you'll have it in abundance sometimes. You know, she's mm-hmm. a very giving Orisha. It's so funny because, like, you know, you don't want her to take anything away. But you got to be careful, like, when you when you speak and, when, like I said, when, you know, just how you how you go about in the world. And she's, like, she's very much about consciousness and self-awareness. And I think, I think if people really focused on that and they talked to, you know, more children of Oshun who really – sit with that i think you'll see that constant thread in their life or in their conversation this i needed to come back to self moments Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that it's something that is um such a i'm so fascinated by the way in which uh our language and you know my language when i speak to the orishas has evolved so much and this sort of very deep um i think it's deep maybe it's not deep at all but i think it's deep um sort of ways in which we we need to really think and and consider what we're asking and how we're asking and you know what what is our role in this equation you know right. like i mean every day when i when i talk to a legua i say two things before i go to work i'm like dude help me have the intelligence to see the opportunities and whatever work you bring i will do it you know, that's, that's like my deal it. with him every day, you know, and I'm not like, oh, dude, I need new iPad or, you know, I'm like, yeah, it's like, oh man, I just, you know, bring the work, I'll do the work and help, help me be smart about it, you know, cause, cause we're in this, right? Like whether we're talking, right. whatever we're talking about, we're always in that equation, right? And that, yeah. you know, that, that sort of idea that the Orishas can help tweak our awareness, you know, but it requires, um, I mean, humility is not even quite the right word. It requires a willingness to sort of check your sense of self in relation to spirit that is, uh, I think, tough for a lot of people. I mean, that's the language, unfortunately, that surrounds a lot of of Orisha. And actually, in a lot of most religions is this notion of external, external, external. These are external gods. You do this external ebo, and that happens. And it's like, that's never going to be it. I don't care what tradition you follow. Mm-hmm. You have to be part of the medicine. You have to be able and willing to not only do the symbolic, physical 
cleaning, so to speak, or offering, but what are you offering of yourself to change or to, to put forward? You know, I had someone the other day that I'm helping. He was like, Oh, money's getting real, you know, crazy with me. And I haven't had any work in a while. And maybe I need to do this work and maybe I need to put back up this altar. I had up real craziness. And I said, listen Mm -hmm. to me, sir. I said, what is it exactly do you want to have and feel a sense of, you know, prosperity and financial security. I need some money to come in and I need a man. And I said, okay. And I said, and what exactly are you doing outside of lighting candles to do that and get that? Mm-hmm. And he had a moment of dead silence and he was like, checkmate. And I was like, that's my point. Yeah. And I'm like, if you think that it's just all this mysticism and that you get to sit back and watch this thing unfold for you. That's not the way it works. Yeah. It's a partial, it's a partial agreement. You have to be willing to check yourself, to humble yourself in the essence of, of the allowance. So you, you don't control everything, but you do have control of self. And so you always check back in there and try to make a better decisions. No shame, no blame. You didn't do it yesterday. You didn't do it last year. That's fine. What are you going to do now? Yeah, yeah for sure. You know, and I think I think that is I mean, that's one of the lessons I've learned from this journey is just check back in and be like, all right, all this is happening around me. What do I want to do about it? Mm -hmm. And then do it. (laughs) Yeah. Or do your best with it. Right. I mean, you know, there's no there's no getting it perfect. You know, we do better. We try new challenges arise. They suck. We fall over. (laughs) We sit at home and eat mac and cheese for a long time. We get up and go back to the gym, you know. Exactly. Right? Yeah, for sure. Mm. So, what do you uh, what do you see coming down the road for you here? Like, you're, you've been doing music. You know, we've been talking about spirits and stuff. Is there is there a David Sosa's greatest hits coming out sometime soon? <laughs> are you like are you are you moving into into spaces that beyond uh, you know sort of beyond the the center where you're doing the singing now? I am. I've been recording for the last two years or so, little by little, um, as I said, working full time and trying to find time and money to record and perform all that good stuff is a very hard thing to do, especially living in New York where everything's expensive. But um, I've definitely been recording um, and kind of just putting together pieces of I've wrote a lot of music in my life and a lot of voice notes on my phone. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I have been just picking out um, these stories and situations that I feel tell a little bit of my story, but really tell about a transcendent experience. And so a large part of my uh, project that is coming out is literally about, uh, again, learning about self and learning about self through relationships sometimes and mm-hmm. through interactions with others and getting in touch with spirit, which is, I mean, it's my whole story. So I'm kind of putting that to music and I'm, I'm excited and a little nervous about it, but uh, more excited than anything else. Nice. And are you doing the music side too? Like the, is there instrumentation with it or is it predominantly vocal? Um, it's more I my my thing is the 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 songs are written by me. Um they are musically arranged by myself as far as vocally. I do have producers that I work with who provide the actual instrumentation and it's a joint effort. Like I'll sit down and sing my idea and they just vibe with it and start playing and I'm like either yeah that's it or no that's not it. Mm-hmm. And just try to create 
the the vibe together. It's like very creative work to have two people get together and try to make this baby, so to speak. It's really really cool process, and I really like it. That's awesome, amazing. You know, when I posted that you were coming on the podcast, everybody was hoping you would sing for us. Is that something we can impose on you? Can we? <laughs> I've been living the the sleep I have not been getting. Uh-huh. You would not want to hear me sing right now. Trust right, me when right. I tell you. <laughs> well, we'll we'll link to to some stuff that people can listen to online. So, yeah, everybody says no when I ask them to sing on the podcast. I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> you know what it is? It's not even. It's honestly, I would I would totally sing something. I have been. I need sleep. I really need sleep. And any singer would tell you, water and sleep. Those are the two things we require yeah. so badly to sound okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, that that's the, the secret of life, right? Get enough sleep. Yeah. I don't know that never water. happens for me. And drink a bunch of water. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let me, let me let you go and get some sleep then. And let me say thank you so much for being on the podcast and having this conversation with me today. Oh, no. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. And anytime you want me back, I will definitely be there. Perfect. And uh, should I point people at Facebook if they want to come and see some side eye? <laughs> you definitely, you definitely go on Facebook. I also have a YouTube channel. Um, it's David Sosa, and uh, I'm all around. You'll find me. There's only one me. Perfect. <laughs> I'll put the links in the show notes as well. Thanks so much, Sounds David. Good. No problem. Thank you. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, I hope you've really enjoyed it. Uh, a big thanks to the lovely human beings who have put some wonderful reviews on iTunes for the podcast. Please do consider supporting the Patreon. You know, I sound like a PBS ad, but seriously, even a dollar helps. It all adds up towards being able to make all sorts of exciting things happen, both for yourself and for others. So head on over to patreon.com slash the hermit's lamp or use the link in the show notes. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.